Lord some honor and praise today. We're safe in the house of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, there's a good presence of the Lord here today. We have come out of the world into a safe place today. And there's victory in the house of the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God. So good to be in the house of the Lord again today. To feel the presence of the Lord. And to know that he is alive. And he's well. And we're alive. And we're well. Because the Bible said, thou doest well if... You believe there's one God. That's what he said. So we ought to be well today. I said we ought to be well today. Praise God. So good to see everyone in the house of the Lord and to be here with, it, with God in our midst. For he is always with us and promised never to leave us or to forsake us. We're coming through the pandemic not over, of course, but we're coming through it. I like the phrase, we're coming through it. I don't like the idea that we're not going to make it. I'm a positive person. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Those of you that have had the virus ought to rejoice. And those of you that have not had it, take care. Be, be careful, but the same token, don't be so afraid that you're not going to be worshiping God. Don't be so afraid that you're not going to reach out to somebody, invite them to the house of the Lord. Praise God. I have gone to churches that have put their prayer requests in the offering plate, sometimes a reminder to the pastor that there was an announcement that was overlooked. And so on one such occasion, pastor's wife sent the pastor a note he didn't bother to pre-read it so he just read it it said keep it short the roast is cooking you don't want it to burn so today I'll do my best not to burn the roast praise God in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 13 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Let all things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that you submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which is lacking on your part they have supplied. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. I want to draw from these verses of scriptures and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And I want to preach about addiction today. Now, don't any of you leave that are addicted for wrong things because I'm not going to hit you too hard. But I want to talk about good addictions. There's all kinds of addictions. We'll talk a little bit about it, but uh, being addicted to the ministry of the saints. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Savior, we love you and thank you for your word today, and we ask you to help us as we endeavor to break the bread of life and bring strength and encouragement to your children. We pray these things in the wonderful name of the Lord, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men and be strong. This whole passage of scriptures that I've read to you really speaks uh, 
of that phrase, being addicted to the ministry of the saints. And then the admonition is, let all your things be done with charity. There needs to be charity in everything that we do. You need to consider yourself. When you look at some that have fallen, you need to look at yourself. Because the Bible said, he that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. So he said, let everything be done with charity. And of course, we know the chapter on charity or love is that you can speak with men of angels and not have love or have charity. You are a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And there's emphasis there that you really are nothing unless you have charity. So all things must be done with charity. Then he went on to say, I beg you, brethren, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Caia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. These individuals are named. They were evidently new converts at one point from Achaia. And they became so involved in the work of God that the Bible records it, that they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. And then he said, I want you to submit yourselves unto such. In other words, learn from them that are addicted to the ministry of the saints. Submit to them and to everyone that helps them. Now, the picture gets broader from these individuals, the first fruits of Achaia. They have come to a place in living for God that everything else was on the back burner, but living for God was on the front burner. Now, you don't have to get real quiet because I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to bring you back to life after a while. All of us have gone through struggles at times, and we've been through a struggle. You saw Pastor counting his fingers a minute ago. How many months was that? Seven? Seven months we've been through it. But we're here. I think we need to lift our hands and just thank God we're here. We're here worshiping you because we are addicted. <laughs> I said we are addicted. What name are you addicted to? What church are you addicted to? What God are you addicted to? What book are you addicted to? Addiction has some good things. He went on to say, I'm thanking God that they have come and they've made up where you were lacking. This is why we go to the house of God. Because you can have something built up in you and made up in you that is lacking. I'm sorry for those that don't believe in going to church. I'm sorry for those that want to sit at home and be addicted to other things. But I'm convinced today on a Sunday morning that some of you rose early and you said to yourself, All righty, self, I'm driven. I have a reason. I'm addicted. You see, addiction is not something that is considered a weekly or monthly or yearly thing. It's a daily thing and sometimes an hourly thing. Alcoholics can't hardly get up in the morning without having a shot. Smokers can't hardly get up without having a breathing treatment. Addiction can't do anything till you get started with your addiction. I think it's so good to have Sunday morning service and the first thing we've done today is come to the house of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then he went on to say, he said, they have refreshed my spirit. So Paul recognized that the ministry of the saints is a refreshing, a refreshing to us as ministers. You refreshed my spirit and yours Therefore, acknowledge them that are such. I think it's good that we always acknowledge people by saying, praise the Lord. God bless you. Or whatever spiritual phrase you want to use. I'm not ashamed to say praise God when I'm in downtown with somebody. 
I drove down Rosedale Highway and I saw other phrases. Some of you have been down the same road. But when we see one another, we're willing to say, praise the Lord. God bless you. We love you. I'm telling you, there's nothing like being a Christian. You can go far and wide with other addictions and you will never find what you find when you're excited and addicted to living for Jesus Christ. So I want to just briefly deal with addiction. The word addicted is a scary word today because it is so emphasized on the negative. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I really enjoy Greek because it's all Greek to me. But the word addicted is ataxin and means to be devoted or to give of oneself. So addiction, they're devoted, bad or good, and they want to give to oneself. Webster just puts it plain, unable to give up a habit. When you think about being addicted, then you have to think about those that are addicted. An addicted person is a slave to that habit. A slave to that habit. A person who is deeply devoted to or a very enthusiastic follower of something or an advocate of something is an addict. I like our enthusiasm around here. I'm glad that we are not a dead, dull, boring apostolic church, but we are a lively church. Why are we a lively church? Because we have a lively hope. Our hope is not dead. Our hope is not vain. We have something beyond this world. We buried a faithful and great lady this week, and it... <clears throat> whole life was wrapped up in living for God. She was a slave to the habits of church and God. The scripture is talking about that type of an attitude that you are so devoted and such a slave to the ministry of the saints that, uh, that you're willing to sacrifice, you're willing to go and spend and be spent. Today, People are addicted to a lot of things. They're addicted to the two most dangerous things, which is drugs and alcohol. There's approximately 30 million admitted alcoholics in America today. America leads the world in drug addiction and drug use. There's 23 million drug addicts over the age of 12 in the USA. There's probably many more than that that's not admitted to it, but secretly are addicted. There are more addicts than we could talk about. Baseball addicts, sports figures, golf addicts, TV addicts, sexual predator addicts, pornography addicts. Then we have the gambling addicts. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 said, For the love of money is the root of all evil. If money occupies your thinking and your place in your life above God, where God should be the occupant, then the love of money becomes the root or the basis of all evil, usually in your life. And Paul says that the love of money causes men to err from the truth and forget God. The scripture said, Woe unto them that desire to be rich, for they fall into many hurtful lusts, and temptations and hurtful lusts. And so, let me just interject this today. We're living in a prosperity society that everything's based on the dollar. And uh, everything's based on finance and, and money. And, and we have to have it. And he didn't say money was the root of all evil. He said the love of money. When the love of money becomes, an, uh, you become addicted to the love of money, then you fall into many temptations and hurtful lust, he said. So there's addicts everywhere. I read this, and I will read this to you. It said, scientists once believed that the experience of pleasure alone was enough to prompt people to continue seeking 
an addictive substance or activity. But more recent research suggests that the situation is more complicated. Dopamine not only contributes to the experience of pleasure, but also plays a role in the learning and memory, two key elements in the transition from liking something to becoming addicted to it. If you caught that, the difference in liking something and being addicted to it. Let me just interject this so you know where I'm going today. You can like the house of God, but some of us need to be addicted to the house of God. You can like our music, but you need to be addicted to our type of music. There's music in the world, but you don't need to be addicted to that kind of music. You need to be addicted to good music. He went on to say, according to the current theory about addiction, dopamine interacts with another neurotransmitter, glutamate, to take over the brain system of rewarding related learning. I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a philosopher, I'm not a college graduate. The only thing that stood between me and college was high school. But what this is really saying is addiction in the brain has a way of rewarding learning. You learn in addictions. There's, there's things that are just habitual. You don't think about what foot to put on the brake. It just comes when there is a screech in the chair beside you. You know immediately where to put that right foot. It's a habit. There's things that are just habitual. You have formed them, and if it ever changes, it's head-on collision, man. Come on, man. Somewhere, you got to realize that addictions is for. What did I say? Somebody caught something I said. There's something about addiction that gets into the learning process. I'm going spiritual with this, so if you think I'm just going to beat somebody over the head, I'm going spiritual with this. There's a learning process to addiction. It's part of the brain. That's why we automatically come into the house of the Lord and enter into the gates and, huh? and enter into his courts with. It becomes a learning process that we automatically. And sometimes during preaching, it's such a learning process that the preacher has to stop preaching because the learning process took over and the well fills up. Sometimes, I know some of you are afraid of where I'm going, but just relax. I beat you up. All I'm going to beat you up on your addiction outside of God. The rest of it is going to be about God, okay? During the song service and learning process, because we're so addicted to worship, that during song service, the well fills up. We're so addicted to worship that we don't even check which hand goes up first. We're apostolic, and we have become addicted to living for Jesus. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. We've learned to worship God in spite of our problems. Now, now an addict, a drug addict, alcohol addict, or any other type of addict, the first thing they got to do in the morning, they got to get up and take care of their addiction. That's why the psalmist David said, early will I rise and to give God praise. Because we are so addicted. Now, there's a, there's a side of addiction that becomes so habitual that you don't really realize the purpose or the dangers or the good or what have you. And, and I want to tell you that those of you and us that are addicted to God and the house of God, it's a good thing. Even if sometimes it's just automatic. 
And sometimes some just speak out with amen at the wrong time. Sometimes people do things that are not really actually where they ought to be. That's why Paul said do everything with charity and do everything with decency and order. So enough of that. But we are so addicted to living for God. Is anybody addicted in living for God today? Does anybody love who we are? The reward circuit in the brain includes areas involved with motivation and memory as well as with pleasure. Addictive substances and behaviors stimulate the same circuit and then overload it. I like that. I like that because in drug world and alcohol world, they get drunk and sloppy drunk. They don't know, how, they don't know where they're going. Some politicians don't know what state they're in. But I believe I know what state every one of those politicians are in. They're in the state of confusion. So you get overwhelmed and ugly, sloppy drunk. Nobody's going to be offended at that, I know, because you're not sloppy drunk. But what about spiritual drunk? What about drunk on the spirit? Where it's so happy, you go home and you make things right with your family rather than fight and kick the dog and let the bird out of the cage. Huh? You go home with the right attitude, the right spirit. There's something powerful about being addicted to the Word of God because when the Word of God is preached, it, it goes to the learning process of your brain and puts things in proper perspective. And when you go home, it's not an over, it's not a, it's not a hangover. It's a, it's a loving relationship and a thrilled life that knows what God's all about and how God can fix things in your marriage and your home. I defy the lawyers uh, and I defy the court systems uh, that want to blame marriage uh, on church or other things. I'll tell you what it is. Uh, church puts marriages together. And when you put things together, it's right. It's right. Oh, somebody ought to shout with me. Hallelujah. This process motivates us to take action, to seek out the source of pleasure. I'm still reading, but it's so good. It's almost biblical it's so good because it makes you search out the pleasure. It doesn't make you want to sit at home. That's why in the world, their addictions... They can't sit at home. They have to go to the bar. They have to go to the dance hall. They have to go to the theater. They have to do, they have to, follow me? What do we do? We're seeking that pleasure that we love. When we join together in the ministry of the saints. Do you know when you come to church, there's nothing like being in the house of God. Nothing like it. Because somebody comes into this building and the blood of Jesus Christ flows through the body. So this is the body. Uh, we are sons of God individually. So when you stay home from church, you may be a son of God, but you're not in the body. Got four giggles and no amens. But together, there's something in the body that works when the body gets together. Happiness, joy, expression, blood, nourishment, strength comes to the body. And somebody comes in among us that may not be connected to the body suddenly begins to feel. Somebody begins to feel the blood of Jesus and says, I'm a sinner. I want to repent. Stop, preacher. I'm ready to repent. It's when the body comes together and the blood of Jesus flows through the body and the excitement of learning flows through the body and the thrill of living for God flows through the body. I don't have time to talk about all the biblical characters, but let me talk about Enoch for a minute. Enoch walked with God but his walk with God really didn't begin until the birth of Methuselah which was the oldest man written recorded in the Bible the birth of a child was a blessing from God because 
Enoch was an understanding man in many ways. At 300 years old, he fell across something through the birth of Methuselah that Judah wrote in verse 14, words that are shocking because Enoch was the seventh from Adam or the seventh generation from Adam. And yet, let's look what Jude wrote about Enoch way back when the big saucer was just a little cup. Back in the beginning of things. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. Saints, church, worship, seventh from Adam, Enoch, became so addicted that prophecy became a part of his life and thinking. So much so that when Jude began to mention Enoch, he said, Ah, the Lord's coming. I really didn't expect much different response than that because if we're not careful, we go to sleep on prophecy about the Lord coming. I'm not talking about the details of the grasshoppers and the flying machines and the seraphims and all that, the symbolism of Revelations and Daniel. I'm, not, I'm talking about the basic, the Lord is coming. Oh, I want to preach to somebody today. If you're not addicted to the ministry of the saints, you don't even worry about the coming of the Lord. Nothing excites you about the coming. No signs. I mean, I mean, climate change, you know what? Climate change can be expressed. Global warming, they learned, evidently they learned. Nobody told me they did, but I think they did. That hell from beneath was moved to meet them at their coming. They said, man, it's getting hot around here. We've got to change global warming to something better. Now during climate change, at least they have snow. Every once in a while, a heavy frost. They understand all these things. And we, if we're not careful, we don't sense the signs that are... I, I, don't worry about the grasshoppers. Don't worry about the symbolism of all of that. Uh, I've lost so many antichrists, I can't count them. So don't worry about all of that. It'll all unfold, and it'll all happen just right in the will of God. And we need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And the greater emphasis... In the very beginning of Enoch's addiction to God was that he saw the fact that somewhere we're on the brink of the coming of the Lord. We need to be so addicted to coming to church and living for God that everything we do is based on the coming of the Lord. I'm tired of the world putting the Bibles out of places. I'm tired of the world putting down religion. We may not have a Christian as a president, but we do have a president that does say something about God once in a while. I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail either, nor pull one out of the hat. But I want to tell you something, that living for God is the greatest thing you can do in life and being addicted to it. I'm telling you, where your learning process your learning process. Everything that you hear goes into the brain and the dopamines put it together with the neurofed, whatever they are. And Wow, I almost talked in tongues there. And it puts it into the brain and then you process that until you become so eager. I want to hear more preaching. I'm watching the clock so the roast is not burning. But we become so addicted to the house of God that we can't wait to get there. Oh, I got to move on. Okay. I just got the message. Enoch didn't die. He was translated. Five, excuse me, eight times in Genesis 5, the phrase was, and he died. Eight times. Six times before verse 24. 
two times after verse 24. But in verse 24, it said, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Enoch was a representation of the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. He saw it as being the seventh generation from Adam. He saw the coming of the Lord, and Jude picked it up. Scholars may be able to tell you, I didn't research where, he picked, where they picked it up, but I didn't find it in the book of Genesis in the same wording, maybe hinted. But here's the thing. We've got to recognize where we are, who we are, what we're doing. It's time to live for God with all of our heart. Oh, hallelujah. Hebrews says that by faith Enoch was translated. He represented the rapture generation early in the Bible. They want to do away with this? You can't do away with it. It's in our heart. It's in our spirit. You start quoting the scripture and Bible quizzers will start finishing it for you. Bible quoters will know where you are. I remember Santa Maria Camp years ago. Randy Kendricks. Ken Bow. Several others were sitting on the front pew when Brother Bear was preaching. And of course, he's walking Bible. I told him one day when he was quoting the encyclopedia, I said, I was really impressed with you quoting the Bible, but man, when you started quoting Britannica Encyclopedia, I thought, that is awesome. So he got up without his Bible. He said, follow along with me as I quote. And he quoted the whole chapter and left out one verse. And these young preachers who are memorizing scriptures, competing with one another, begin to elbow one another. We got him. He left out a scripture. We as preachers understand that we got to be careful what we preach and how we read scriptures because there's Bible quizzers that quote more scriptures than I quote. We got to be careful. So Brother Bray preached his whole message. And at the end, he said, you may recognize I left out a scripture. I just wanted to bring it in now. He was addicted to the word of God. He memorized that Bible like nobody else I know hardly. And he could quote it and preach from it and draw it. And remember, if I don't have a note, I'd never get back to the one I forgot to put in. But he remembered it because he was addicted in the memory system. I hope you're catching this because the memory system kicked in. And there's something about being addicted to the work of God that you know how to live in spite of all obstacles. Enoch's name means dedicated. One yielded up to God. For 300 years, he walked with God. Not once a week, not just in the morning, not just in the evening. But he walked with God, not just a few minutes, but continually. Get addicted to God. I'm not condemning you. Get addicted to God. Get it into your learning system, into your habits. His birth was during a time, Moses' birth was during a time of severe persecution. He was born during that time. But he had a mama that was addicted to being an Israelite and a sister that stood in the gap and said, I'll tell you what, he's crying and I know a nurse that'll take care of him. You see, now the ministry of the saints begins to work in our minds because when somebody's crying and somebody's hurting and somebody's falling apart, that's when you and I and the church begins to pick up the slack. And we know what will help them. <laughs> I said, we, I know what will help a hurting soul. I know what will help a backsliding individual. I know what will help somebody that don't know whether they're saved or not. It's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and we're addicted to the ministry of the saints. 
So let me move on a little bit. Some people say it only takes 21 days to break a habit. Others suggest it could take a lot longer, sometimes as long as several months. There's no hard and fast time frame since the length of time depends a lot on the individual. I know sometimes people come into God, it takes a little longer to get to where they need to be, but we're here for you. We're addicted to the ministry of the saints. We're here for you. We want to wait on you, work with you, and deal with it. Researchers from the University College of London examined the new habits of 96 people over the space of 12 weeks and found that the average time it takes for a new habit to stick is actually 66 days. Furthermore, individual times varied from 18, even clear up to 254 days. So I was amused when we were talking about time and what have you that Pastor looked over because his heartbeat was right. He was counting the times that we've been under this pandemic and what we've gone through. And we're wondering when it's all going to be over. But what's interesting is through those seven months, there's people that never quit giving their tithes and offerings, never quit coming to the house of God, never quit coming to pray. They were addicted to the work of God. They were addicted. Even Jesus, the Bible said in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 16, he came to Nazareth when he had been where he had been brought up as his custom was. He went into the synagogue and he stood up to read. Several points in there that could be preached, but I hope you catch it, as his custom was. We have church around here multiple times during the week. And sometimes we see a part of the congregation, I'm not chastising you, just listen to me. Don't I? Sometimes we see a part of the congregation, sometimes we see the other part on the next service. Somewhere, this house needs to be more important than a stadium, a bar, a theater, a dance hall, sporting events. This place ought to be more important than anything in your life because we're farther along than the seventh generation from Adam. We are somewhere way down the line in entering into the seventh thousand year period where we need to wake up to the coming of the Lord and recognize, hey, there's a phrase in the Bible that said anathema the Lord cometh and it was talking about the accursed, anathema means accursed, but we don't need to say anathema to one another, we need to say the Lord's coming. Turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, just say the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. It needs to be so much a part of our thinking in these last days, because I'm telling you, everything is pointing to the coming of the Lord. Every prophecy, every biblical prophecy that we can even understand, or sometimes halfway understand, is telling us we're at the last days, we're at the last time. And if the apostle said it was the last time then, one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, a thousand years one day. We don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm telling you, we are closer now than we've ever been, and we need to be awake to it and addicted to it, that the coming of the Lord is upon us. We're on the brink of... Somebody ought to shout with me. We're on the brink of the coming of the Lord. Well, hallelujah. And here's where I'm beginning to preach. I just turned the roast down a little. I'm going to start preaching now. You will notice that the bureaucrats have classified churches with bars, restaurants, and theaters. Why did they put us with the addictions of the world? They know that habits change in about 60 days. We've been almost 250 days, the extent of it. They know if they can keep you from going to bars and theaters and maybe churches, you'll get out of the habit of going to church. But let me tell you about those that are addicted to bars. Those that are addicted to bars, 
They didn't shut the liquor store. They go feed their addiction. They shut the theaters down, but they didn't shut down Netflix. They still feed their addiction. They shut down churches. Just let me tell you, they didn't shut us down. We know how to feed our addiction. I said, we know how to feed our addiction. We come to the house of God and we're addicted. Oh, somebody ought to lift your hands and shout together. Every once in a while, they shut down the, the, the dives where they dance, but they still get together in their houses because they want to have a party. How many parties have had a, a, a what do they call that, a super spreading party? How many, because their addiction drove them to get together. You know why we're here today? Our addiction drove us to get together. Our addiction drove us to lift our hands. Our addiction drove us to worship. They didn't shut the grocery stores down because they know we're addicted to food. And they're not going to shut the church down if they lock the doors. I'm convinced we'll meet in the parking lot as we did. We'll meet in the park because we're going to get together. This is a church that believes and is addicted to the ministry of the saints. We're going to have church till Jesus Christ comes because you can't take it out of us. The old saying is you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Well, you can take us out of the building, but you can't take us out of the body of Christ. You can't take us out of the church of Jesus Christ. We are addicted to it. We are addicted to it. Where does the church go for their addictions? Where do the saints of God go to their addictions? We don't go to the liquor store. We don't go to the, we go to the house of God. We come to worship Jesus Christ and him crucified. Oh, hallelujah. There's nothing like church. Listening online is second best at its good best. Viewing it doesn't give you the same feeling. I'm sorry. There's nothing like church. We satisfy our addiction to God when we assemble ourselves together when we fellowship together, when we worship together, when the anointed man of God preaches, there's nothing like being in the presence. They talk about droplets with the pandemic. Pandema, is that a word? That's what anointed to do, it'll teach you new words. Pandemic. There's nothing like preaching. These droplets, they're so afraid of droplets. They want you to wear a mask. And I'm not picking at that. Don't, 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 don't make me wrong. I was in a place of business, and they got to talking about this, and the man said, you know, I think these, these masks are hiding the glory of God. I agreed with him. Another man was a part of a church that's one of the largest churches in America. He said, I quit going when the ministry got so bad, but uh, I, well, I better not go down that rabbit trail. I will pull a rabbit out of the hat on that one. But when it was all over with, you know what we did? I said, hey, guys, we can talk about it all we want, but we need to pray about it. Let's join together. Two center men, well, whatever they were. In that business, we prayed. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying, when you're addicted to the word of God, it doesn't matter where you are, who you are, what you're with, or who you're with. You're willing to let your light so shine in a dark world that others will see who we are. 
We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are Pentecostal experience and apostolic in our doctrine. We love who we are. We worship the God because we know who he is. Okay, here's my scripture, Hebrews 10, 25. Everybody can quote it, and I wonder how loud we can quote it so that our neighbor would hear it. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the rapture on the horizon. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Church is important. Living for God is important. And so much the more. As you see that day approaching, we're in that day, church. We're on the brink of the coming of the Lord. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I'm here to preach to you. We're on the brink of the coming of the Lord. Exhort one another. I've been several places lately, in case anybody missed me. Both in Bakersfield and a couple other towns I was in, real estate agents said, don't worry about building new buildings. You'll be able to buy any church you want to buy. You know why? It only takes 18 days to form new habits. And if you're not addicted, new habits just go by the wayside and new ones are formed. You know what new ones are? Staying home. Oh, God, help us. God, help us. It's so easy to stay at home. I understand, and I'm not, Pastor, you've done a great job educating people, staying home if you're sick and all that. It takes out, you've done a great job. I'm, I'm telling you, he's done a great job on that. He's fought mental battles. He's counseled with other preachers. He's done the best for us. Just yesterday you told me the second letter came from CDC or whoever that bureaucrat is. It said we're not complying. Stay spread out if you want, but let your addiction be fed. I feel like starting to preach right now. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Where do people that used to be addicted to theaters go? They stay home. They look at Netflix. Those that are addicted to bars, what do they do? They stay home. They go to the liquor store. What does apostolics do? What do... Say it. Where do apostolics go? We don't stay home. We go to church. We're addicted to the ministry of the saints. We're addicted to the word of God. We're addicted to worship. We're addicted to the man of God. We're addicted to the preaching of the word of God. We're addicted to anointed preaching. We're addicted to the presence of God. There's a power in this house right now. There's a spirit of God in this house right now. And if you want to be addicted to the work of God, the well is open. Well, hallelujah. And as I try to close before the roast burns, Romans chapter 6 and verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free from righteousness. Let that sink in. You know why? You know why new converts sometimes struggle? Because suddenly they broke an old habit. And they're acquiring a new one, and it takes a few days to get that new habit in place. And the enemy starts working on them because they were once slaves to sin. And now they're becoming servants to Jesus Christ. I'm so glad 
that I'm a part of a bunch of people that are apostolic in nature, that love God more than the world. When you were the slaves of sin, you were free from righteousness. You were addicted to sin. Now, I don't want no hands to be raised, but I've mentioned a lot of things today about addiction. What addiction were you addicted to? What were you a slave to? You had to break that habit, and you're forming new habits. But let me just remind you, saints of God, it doesn't take long staying out of the house of God that you break that habit. It doesn't take long when you stop praying to break that habit. It doesn't take long when you stop reading the Bible to break that habit. It doesn't take long to quit loving God and worshiping God till you break that habit. What do you say we stand right now and we make some commitments that we're going to make this a habit, a spiritual habit, an addiction to God that we're going to seek out our fulfillment in our addiction. We're going to look for the source of our addiction to feed our thinking, our learning power, and our ability to think right during crisis. They say when you're so drunk or so addicted that you are impaired in your thinking, you can't put the foot on the brake fast enough. You don't know what's going on. You don't see from the side. Listen, when you're addicted to the Word of God, you are enlightened. The scripture said the eyes are enlightened. You see more clearly because your learning process is addicted to the work of God. And you learn more. Let me just try to quit for where your treasure is. Where your treasure is is it's where you'll find your heart I feel the touch of the Holy Ghost right now what are you addicted to what habits do you want to form that are lasting and powerful God bless you brother Red he hits the altar as much as anybody in this church he loves God. Not everybody knows what I'm just going to say, but the roof would fall in if it wasn't for this man's money in this church. In the building program, God touched his spirit. He's weak in body. He needs healing in his body. We need to minister to the saints of God. We need to pray for him, that God will strengthen him, strengthen his mind. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody needs God in this house today. If you want to form a new habit, if you want something special in your life, if you want a victory in your life, if you want your home to be better, your children to be better, your spiritual life to be better, if you want victory for your family and your kids, if you want something to happen, if you want something to happen, oh, there's victory in the house of the Lord today. Come on, saints. Now, let your spirit flow. Let your spirit flow.